to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers-Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. All right, who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Muncie's very own Tracy Lutton. Okay, recently, something bad happened here at the farmhouse. And what was it? Super bad. I, (laughs) some of you may know that I am not the best with technology, Um, but I try to act like I'm not a hundred and so I'm hip with the times or whatever, but we store all of our client files, pretty much all the files we use in Dropbox, which is an online storage space. Works great. We love it. It's fabulous. Except for somehow I accidentally deleted or moved or got rid of I don't know. I'm not really sure. Got rid of all of our files for all of our clients from the beginning of time. And uh, it took me forever to figure out what she had done. And thinking that she had deleted everything, I started looking in our backups to, you know, restore everything, all that kind of stuff. It just turned out she moved it the the, the folder I moved into the folder another into one. another folder. But because I was trying to be a self-sufficient grown-up person on my own, I was like, I can fix this. I can fix this. So I found the old ones, and then I, like, copied it and made a new copy. And so then that synced, like, four million files or whatever. And then somehow I was like, oh, wait, that's not in the right place. So then I synced it again, and I put it somewhere else. So, like, there were three different copies of this, all of our files living on Dropbox. And I just told him, I looked at, he came, because this all happened, like, while well, Matt was not in the office so he walked in the office and I'm like, tech support husband, I need your help. Because that's what I call him because he fixes everything when I break it. Uh, I'm like, I need your help. I broke our files. I don't know where they went. I They're just gone. I don't know. I'm like freaking out, sweating bullets because that's like everything we've done. Like for <laughs> all of Farmhouse. And it was just gone and like poof. But Matt found it. He fixed it. Well, what was really funny is it affects everyone here in the office. So we have Amy over here, and I'm like, Amy, check your folders. Do you have everything? Oh, yeah, I have it. Wait, things are disappearing. It was like Back to the Future, like when Michael Jackson like erases his family in that picture. Like like those the files, they were there, and then they just started going away. And she's like, no, where did they go? And we've got like uh, Candace over here, and she's like, I can't get them either. And then like I had a client meeting scheduled like right then, like five minutes later. So then I have a client walk in the door. I have to act like, all right, you gotta pull, fine. you gotta pull up big girl pants and just act like everything's fine and like you don't want to barf because you just lost everything. Um, so yeah, it was pretty tough. But tech support husband found them. Yeah, I eventually found it and moved I mean, it, it back out of the folder, back onto the root where we could all get to it. But this causes an issue of syncing. So everybody's computer grinds to a halt as it's trying to sync, you know, 70,000 plus bajillion files. Bajillion files or whatever. <laughs> and because I'd copied them three times, it's like three oh, yeah. times as many files it needs to be. Uh, so yeah, production. That week was tough. It was tough. <laughs> we didn't get a lot done. And like, I'm sure clients were calling and like, um, can you take a look at this blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we will get back with you on that later. <laughs> but all is well now. Matt fixed it. Everything's good.
Our guest today is Tracy Lutton. She is Vice President of the Muncie, Delaware County Economic Development Alliance. Welcome to the program, Tracy. Thank you, Matt Hello. and Angie. Hi. That is a mouthful of a title. Yes. I know. Imagine introducing yourself like that every single day and answering the phone that way. Most people don't even hear what I've said. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that. They tune out after the first couple of words, I would think. Okay. Now, right before we started the podcast, I called my mom because we are... <laughs> Somehow we related. To, we had to phone a friend this morning. <laughs> we had to phone a friend in. So so basically. So Norman and Thumalu are my step-grandparents. So my stepmom was a Howl before she came a Lutton. Oh, okay. And that's as far as I know. I know okay. you're and, a Howl. Right, and, and then we had to call mom had, to get the rest <laughs> of the story. And she says Norman Howell is uh, the son of Irene, who is Hank's sister. Now, Hank Howell is my grandfather and that's whose house we live in oh. now we remodeled yeah. it back in 2000 and uh been living there i've been there what 18 years now yeah. me not quite so much but 2010 10. we, yeah, we were married and she moved in so. so i mentioned a lot of the farmland howls are connected oh they some way the farmland everyone house. in har- farmland house are most definitely connected okay. they are all brothers and sisters and cousins and all that kind okay. of thing. okay well my people are also the farmland howls okay so there you go if you get out to some there's like howl farms out in daleville and they've got that big yeah. sign off of like 30 t- off the bypass mm-hmm. people are like are you related to them nope. no no that's no a whole different house there's different howls in like selma and parker city that's not really us it's and the winchester, winchester howls. howls we're not, not related us. but there you go. All right. Well, mystery solved. <laughs> I know. Continuing the, the the story of Matt Howell is related to everyone. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations. You just got married this past year in 2018. I did. It was a really big year. I'm grateful for 2019. Ma- getting married was probably, well, most certainly the highlight. I'm loving being married. I didn't Yay. really know if marriage was ever for me. I waited until I was 42 years old. And I found the right person for me, and oh, it's just great. I love it so much, but I never really expected that I would be here in my life. I was very independent and would date here and there, but never really found any permanence in that. But, you know, I found the one. Well, good. And you can still be independent and also be married. Well, that is very true. (laughs) Some people don't think so. Like, I don't know. But you can still be your own person and still be married at the same time. The first time I really met you was the Muncie Young Professionals. Back in 2006, I believe you headed up the group and pulled it together. Um, There were a few of us who worked on that effort. Um, James Mitchell, the Ball Ball State Career Center, Mm -hmm. and Suzanne Clem, and uh tara now whitehead who Mm -hmm. was tara king at the time a number of us worked on that i was the general chair for a couple of terms but um many hands involved in that and we did bring together a a group of young professionals with the idea that if we could connect young people together they'd be more likely to grow an affinity toward muncie and meet people with some similarities Mm -hmm. and Maybe we could retain some people here in the community, Ball State grads, and at the very least, we could meet some my, like-minded folks, maybe make a difference in the community, and have a good time. So awesome. the group is still active. Yeah, they're still together and active. I think we've kind of graduated out I've, of it. Cause, I've definitely graduated uh, yeah. out. Once I hit 40, I yeah. was like, ah. I said once we have like grandkids and stuff, we're like maybe we're officially too old for this. We but always, they let anybody come, yeah, regardless of age. We but, always yeah. said, you know, we didn't really put any strict age parameters on it. It was uh, young, young at heart. However right. you want to frame it, yeah. 
you know, folks can decide when they don't feel like they want to be part of the group. Sometimes it's not really about your age, but where you are in your life or in your career. Career. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that even if somebody was 45, but they're just graduating from college and getting their professional wings, that they would have a group to, you know, grow with Mm -hmm. and affiliate with. And so, you know, we try to offer a little something for everybody, but really focusing on the young ones. Now, I know you well, all over the place now, but I had met you from Muncie Young Professionals and then also WIBU, Women in Business Unlimited. You were on the board Mm -hmm. when I started attending and then also joined the board at the same time, I think, when you were rotating off and I was rotating in. I think so. You were one of the folks coming on the board that made me feel really good that the group was in good hands. And I am 100% (laughs) truthful about that. I was you and there were a couple of other people who came on about that same time that I thought, you know, I felt really comfortable rotating off after my term that the group was on solid footing with you folks. And I think it's really important too when you've spent a little time on a board to make room for the next crop of Mm -hmm. ideas and energy and people. And so I was involved um, with WIBU for I think six years. I was on the board and, and the president for a bit. It's been really fun as an outsider now to see it evolve and grow. And you're, the programming is so awesome that you guys have brought. And so that's something we've strove to do to yeah. like really get good programming. And I remember when we were on the board at the same time, it was always like me and Tracy saying, can we have less touchy feely, like <laughs> ooey gooey, like yeah. please? I mean, those are good, but can we balance it a little bit with mm-hmm. like, you know, five practical ways to do blah, blah, blah and things like yeah. that. And I just always remember that was the thing that we kind of sometimes would run into uh push back on those kinds we, of yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> I think our personalities are sort of aligned in yeah. that way that I appreciate the the heartfelt, sentimental, touchy-feely stuff sometimes, sometimes, but when it's women in business, I want to take back something that's going to make me better at my job. Me too, and give me some practical ways how I can implement cope. that, <laughs> cope, <laughs> balance things, or do whatever. Um, yeah, the touchy-feely is fine, but yeah. I like the practical how-tos. Tell me about growing up. Where, where'd you come from and all that good stuff? Very humble beginnings, Southside Muncie girl. Southside. Um, Southside. <laughs> yeah, I um, grew up over on 7th Street near Hoyt Avenue, just okay. south of downtown. Uh, we always said that we were the um, shed town suburbs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not quite that far south, but yeah, so, um, you know, my family is very humble, laid back, Muncie people, funny uh, just good down to earth folks. Um, not real active in the business community or ran around any of the circles that I currently do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I experience now on the day to day is very different than, um, what I grew up with. So I went to Muncie Southside high school and then went to ball state and worked for a little bit and then went back to ball state again and then ended up in economic development. What'd you, what'd you study in college, though? <laughs> I could work for you guys. <laughs> Graphic awesome. arts, digital publishing, okay. digital media. I thought that I wanted to work for a magazine or do graphic design or work for a printing company, something in that realm. I had a little experience in that. I worked for a bingo magazine when I was oh, in my nice. 20s. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of interesting stuff there. But so I thought that I was going to go into that sort of field. Um, and then as I continued through my career at Ball State, options opened up. My perspective on things changed, mm-hmm. ended up in economic development, <laughs> very different from what I was studying. But, you know, find ways to apply my education here and there. Now, you're not new to podcasting, are you? <gasps> 
I am not. This is not her first rodeo. <laughs> no. Not. It's been a long time, though. I'm actually a little nervous behind the mic. Oh. Uh, but I did. Uh, <laughs> you can't tell. I am a little nervous today, but because um, it's been a while, but I was involved in a podcast called The Good Beer Show. Yeah. Okay. To my knowledge, it was the very first podcast in the iTunes store dealing with um food and beverage and they were it was the food and beverage category we were the first one and it was about local music and beer mostly beer it was a great excuse for friends (laughs) to get together try the latest and greatest beers then at the Harat that's Mm -hmm. where we did our show and then we would bring on local bands and talk with them about what shows they were playing and what albums they were working on and it was just a good excuse for friends to get together yeah do you remember what years that, that was um, we won an award in 2005 and I okay. say we really, I didn't produce the show. I didn't do any of the technical stuff that you do, you Matt. Just I just and showed talk, up right? and talked. That's and, what I do. You know, sample up the talk. beer. I was great at that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think 2005, I know we won an award. So it was around that time. Okay. Okay. It was a lot of fun. I did over a hundred episodes wow. on the show. I think they finally wrapped it up at almost 150. Nice. Holy cow. Wow. It was a lot of fun. It was a great hobby to have. But once I got my um, my the job that I now have or started working for the organization I work at now, I was very concerned about my reputation yeah. and what might come out of my mouth after a couple <laughs> beers on a podcast. And yeah. I just thought I should probably take out my extra piercings and um, stop the beer podcast and get serious about this profession. So I may have been a little hard on myself back then, but I felt like I really needed to suit up. Yeah. 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 And y- yeah. things are different. Like I didn't have crazy red hair that many years ago. <laughs> I like, just feel like you were born with that hair. I Angie. was not. <laughs> but if you look at like old pictures of me now, I'm like, oh, that brown hair. My mom loves it. She hates my red hair. But um, yeah. I just look like a different person. I'm not sure yeah. I like it. You see a um, lot of people now with the multicolored yeah. hair, but you were an early adopter. I was. Now it's like the hip cool thing. But I'm like, I've been doing this for like six years, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being um, in high school it was trendy for a minute to have crazy colored hair and mm-hmm. our, our parents would never let us do it mm-hmm. i remember my cousin one time um used kool-aid to dye her oh, hair i was gonna say did we do we were going I... to a concert and she wanted this orange hair so she used a packets of kool-aid to dye it and then it rained that day then oh. you're so she had stained mess. lines down yes. her face at this concert it was awesome now our niece just did that not that long ago she's like what, 12, I think? Yeah, 12, uh, But there's a new way to do the Kool-Aid dye, because when we were kids, it was just like, dunk your head in, like, Kool-Aid or whatever. But now it's like, Kool-Aid and hot water and blah, blah, blah. And she, like, dyed her hair, like, permanently. Like, what? the tips yeah. of her it hair. It was, like, half a year. magenta for half a year. Like, yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, whatever, that's cool. But Note to other self. people might not be. Now, tell me a little bit about your job, because I do not understand it. <laughs> and most people probably don't. You're like, okay, you're economic development. That is true. Um, I, I even have close friends who will introduce me and say, you know, she works for downtown development or she's um, she's an economist. I'm you're so like, no. not that. <laughs> I'm responsible really for helping to bring new businesses to Muncie, help the businesses that we have grow. We've really expanded what we do with our latest economic development plan to include initiatives around quality of life, mm-hmm. placemaking. Yeah. This profession is no longer about chasing smokestacks right. <laughs> to a community. Mm-hmm. It's more about community building and making it a place that 
people want to move to. So when I think about my job and what I need to be doing on the large scale, I think, what can I do to make Muncie a place that I would want to move if I did not live here? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really simplified way of explaining it, but it's heavily nuanced. There are a lot of different things that we're working on at any given time. I don't think that you can really very effectively go to school for this kind of Mm -hmm. work. I mean, you can get some good training to get you on the right path, but every community is different and its unique needs are different. Um, Muncie certainly. So Mm -hmm. I think I have an advantage in my job because I'm from here. Mm -hmm. I genuinely care about this place that I that I live and have grown up thinking about doing economic development in another place I don't think I you know I I could do it but I don't um it'd be it'd be really difficult I think to have that same level of passion that Mm -hmm. you have for your hometown and Mm -hmm. anybody in this profession I think would say the same thing the international travel or the international component of my jobs changed quite a bit um just really in the last few years there was a much greater focus on international business attraction, um, you know, just trying to bring some foreign direct investment here. But given where we are with the unemployment rate Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that we have folks who are companies who are begging for good workers, we really have, um, we're pretty flush with job opportunities right now. So we're looking at attracting different kinds of companies. And like I said, the quality of place um, efforts are really a heavy focus. So because of that, the international trips to attract foreign companies has subsided, at mm-hmm. least for now. I think some um, elected officials on the county level are still doing some of that. So we haven't as a community completely stopped. But that's just not where we're choosing to spend our resources right, right. now. So, But, you know, if the opportunity came up, I would certainly not shy away from it. I'd love to do <laughs> it. And maybe someday it'll be maybe something someday it'll be a, a focus of ours so let's say that happens uh so this is the bucket list question. Oh, where, yeah. do you, where do you want to travel to before it's all said and done well i don't know about for for outside of work for i'll just speak just on a personal, personal yeah. level yeah. i really want to go to mexico next um i can watch a travel show and decide that's where i want to mm-hmm. go next i'm a little flighty in that regard i don't really have a long-term list it's just whatever looks like has the best food right now <laughs> mexico has good food and drinks they're yummy and it's warm so. yeah yeah we were in toronto a couple times last year for trips just fun trips mm-hmm. my husband and i and we really love that and i'd love to go to mexico and we did um London a couple of years ago my stepson has a uh, or is studying there to do his master's program and so loved that but there's so many great places in the U.S. too that I'm not mm-hmm. just looking internationally I could go to New Orleans once a month and be happy I love New Orleans yeah, we've been there twice and favorite places it's about time to go back <laughs> we were just there in January oh. so good tell me we were kind of talking a little bit we have more in common than we necessarily think. <laughs> yeah. I found that doing this podcast, a lot of people, they hear my stories growing up of my crazy super Christian family and all that. And while not everyone was at the extreme that I was, mm-hmm. like you could probably were allowed to watch Scooby-Doo and I was not. Yeah. Uh, but you did go to a lot of the same concerts and I the same sure kinds did. of things that I went to. So tell me about that. I sure did. Uh, we grew up in the Church of God in the Church of God had Anderson. quarters, yeah. right? Is in mm-hmm. Anderson. And so... I think by virtue of that, there were a lot of opportunities here in East Central Indiana to go to Christian rock concerts. Um, And so you were talking a couple of episodes ago about going to see Carmen. Mm -hmm. Um, I was was taken back on that one, taken back down memory lane. I was listening to that in the car and I could 
see Carmen on the screen. I could visualize <laughs> it. And boy, I got a good chuckle out of that. Uh, but we saw Carmen and, oh my gosh, White Heart. Is that one? White Heart, maybe. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah. Petra, Petra, for sure. Yeah. Jeff Moore in the distance. Oh. <laughs> Ray Bolts, of course. Of course and yes. Sandy Patty. Gosh, we saw so many of them. But we also, I think you were also mentioning about having... Well, not you because you were a good girl, yeah, but your friend had hidden tapes or CDs oh, or yes. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that too. My brother, I remember g- getting caught with a Rage Against the Machine CD oh, in his room. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and you know, my we never got in trouble for it. It wasn't forbidden, but okay. I think my brother and I were just pleasers. We didn't want to disappoint dad. Yeah. So we would sort of, you know, put our tapes in the glove box. So in case he came out to the driveway and saw the car, I wouldn't want him to know that I was listening to Pearl Jam. Secular music. <laughs> I think I got a caught a couple times because uh, we were only allowed to listen to Christian music. So the Christian radio station out of Anderson um, would always be on my car. And like sometimes I would like sneak it over to like WZPL and all of that. And my parents <laughs> be like, how did this get on the radio? Look, I, I don't know. I must have like accidentally knocked it or hit it or something i'm not sure how that happened (laughs) (laughs) tell me how do you keep such a positive attitude well i will say it's that's actually it's a struggle it really is i mean there are so many outside pressures to life that everybody experiences it's 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 not easy to keep a positive attitude and sometimes i don't do a very good job but as i get older and i mature Mm -hmm. (laughs) it becomes easier and i really try to not allow myself to be pulled into other people's petty gossip Mm -hmm. or um, petty rants about their job or frustrations, things that I can't control. Now, if they're a friend, clearly I want to listen and give some good feedback, but try, I just try not to get wrapped up into that. And I also try not to take my work home as much as possible on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to just take physical work home to work on something, but if something's been trying during the day or, you know, particularly frustrating, I try to leave that at the office as much as possible because I can't do anything about it yeah. at home. Yeah. Well, I would say that, I mean, you work for, you know, economic development with the city leaders and things like that. So some sometimes it's hard to shut that off and leave it at home certainly, and all of that. Yeah, certainly that. is, especially when things that um, directly affect me or that I'm working on are commented on online or in the newspaper and everybody has an opinion about oh, everything. Yes, and yes, they're, yes. you know, they, they're allowed to have that. But sometimes folks don't have the whole story. And I know things that I can't share. And, right. And it's anyways. easy as bystanders for somebody to spout off in a comment in Facebook and or whatever. And, and that's why I don't engage in that. <laughs> I do not engage in the comments. I do not argue online. It's never productive for me. Nothing ever good I comes do out not of it, do I don't it. think. And no. I, I try not to read the comments, but often I do because I want to sometimes get an idea of what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to know what the sentiment is out on the street, whether you agree or not. Right people feel a certain way that's whether it's true or not you that's their reality now you mentioned you a lot of times can't say a lot of things you know in economic development yeah talk about that a little bit because i don't think people get that concept of well they knew they were coming why didn't they make that announcement? right so well if we're trying to attract a company usually it's a process of elimination and they're looking at multiple sites multiple communities multiple states sometimes it's an international Mm -hmm. competition for a project confidentiality is imperative 
in one respect, we wouldn't want to talk about it prematurely in alert competition right. that we're in the running. Mm-hmm. So if I were to talk to the newspaper, for example, about a project that we're working on that we haven't won yet, what's going to stop every other community in Indiana reaching out to this company and right. saying, hey, we'll give you this or we could you right. know, bring you here? Um, you know, some companies are publicly traded and it can affect stock prices. Mm-hmm. If a company is not ready to reveal that they're making a move or an expansion, it can affect key personnel or mm-hmm. employees. Stakeholders. And right. Mm-hmm. Folks who might be concerned about the stability of their job or opportunities that could come as a result of an expansion or a move. So just a few examples of it. But really, often I'm legally bound. Right. It's not we like you're to, back here keeping secrets we for have a reason. To, I, I mean, for I, no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I have a drawer full of confidentiality agreements that I've had to sign mm-hmm. in dealing with companies. So, I mean, I'd love to talk about what I do more. I'd love to share yeah. that we're working on the various projects, but I'm just not able to. Right. So in your job, do you find it as a more male-dominated field it's changing angie yeah it really is i started in this work back in 2005 in redevelopment and when i would go to conferences and events related to my profession it really felt like a sea of men in suits Mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of women around but in a relatively short period of time i've seen a rapid change. Good. There are a lot more women in this profession, a lot more women leading organizations like mine, or, um, I mean, Mindy Kenworthy is a great example. She is your neighbor over Mm -hmm. here at the farmhouse um, office, and she runs our regional economic development organization Mm -hmm. very well, I might add. But um, (laughs) there are a lot of women in economic development now. It's it's refreshing, and I think it just makes all of our effort effort better as Mm -hmm. a profession having that balance. Yeah, because everybody brings their own their own experience, their mm-hmm. own skill sets, their own, you know, ideas of community and quality of place and things like that yeah. too. Yeah. And you know, really when it comes down to it, a lot of this job is it's sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've dealt with female sales people mm-hmm. and, and male and there's a different style to it sometimes. And diversity is always a good thing, whether it be gender diversity, ethnic diversity. Yep. So you know, I'm just pleased to see that reflected in the profession. Just really 20 years ago, that wasn't the case at all. What is something you wish you had known um, when you were starting out? I wish I would have known that it's okay to negotiate a salary mm-hmm. and benefits and more than okay. It's respected on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. I think when you do, when you advocate for yourself, I was so grateful to have a job out of college and offer that I just took the offer I didn't ask for anything additional Mm -hmm. I probably could have gotten more money or vacation time or other perks and I didn't I just accepted the first thing because I was grateful and I think you can still be grateful and advocate for yourself and get what you're worth right absolutely so once you take that first salary if you stay at the same place those incremental raises are not going to get those per- percentage performance bumps every year aren't going to really make a lot of difference mm-hmm. if you started out really low so that's one thing I do I, I do some practice interviews at the Ball State Career Center every once in a while so I mm-hmm. facilitate those um, and a lot of times I get the the women um, in college I don't know if they do that on purpose or I just happen to get them I don't know so one of the questions we always ask is so what kind of salary are you expecting in this position and the girls all the time they they're like 
well, I don't really know. Or oh. I was kind of thinking this with like a question mark oh, at the end. right. And the dudes, when they come in and they're like, well, I've researched it and I think it should be $40,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always get after the girls nicely. I'm like, you need to practice this. Like there's a way to be confident. There's a way to be nice and not like mean about it but like to ask for what you're worth right because if you don't ask for it and they're not going to give it to you you're leaving money on the table and you're not advocating for yourself and that's a great point that you brought up with the guys are more more apt to do the work in advance i guess mm-hmm. with the salary data that's something that i learned to do mm-hmm. along the way most professions have some sort of association or organizations that have salary surveys to right. determine what the going rate is for a person of a certain skill set or education level or experience level, I pulled the data. And so I came in ready with this is what somebody in my position with my education level should make. Mm -hmm. Can we get there? If not, how can we? What can I do to get to the salary that I'm really working toward? It was well received. I didn't always get what I wanted, but I asked and I advocated. And I think... I think women need to maybe be a little better at that. What's on your bucket list? Bucket list. Other than traveling and that kind of thing that we talked about. Oh, other than travel. It can still be traveling. That's fine too. Yeah. I want to do more travel. Really, I want to have, I want to get to a level of freedom where I have the financial means to do things like travel or go to a nice restaurant or give money to the United Way or take care of a loved one. Mm -hmm. To me, that is freedom. I want to be able to do that. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. It's always so fun to have our friends visit the farmhouse. So there is a song on the radio. It's been on the radio since the 70s. Forever. Forever. And Angie... I hate it. Hates the hate song. It. Hate and it. I'm like, you know, it's a story it's song. It's a feel-good song. It's whatever. a feel-good song. No, it's not. No, so it's not. We are talking about the Pina Colada song, the escape song. Pina Colada song. Yes. <laughs> it is not romantic. Escape. <sighs> Anyway. Not a romantic song. These two people are going to cheat on their spouse with the, with with someone. Now They're it does significant other because the seventies okay. were weird. That's true. It does not say that they are spouses. They are significant others. So all right. But these two significant others are going to cheat on their other significant others. Like with someone. Now it happens to end up being them, but it's not romantic because you were still going to cheat on each other. Question number one is, who was going to cheat on who first? Well, she was. Yes, because she put the ad in the paper, Good which for he her. saw and then responded to. So he was the, the secondary. Right. So she initiated the cheating, but he reciprocated the cheating as well. He was going to be the, they were both going to be the cheaters. Yes. Yes. And then they, of course, meet up and it's like, oh, it's Oh, wait. You. It's you. You love <laughs> making love in the moonlight or whatever. I don't know. I don't uh, know what the words you are. you like pina coladas. Okay. Yes. Getting uh, caught in the rain. Getting caught in the rain. I don't know. We'll moonlight. Look. There's moonlight in there somewhere. I don't know if there is or not. And something anyway. or other champagne. Yes. <laughs> it all I rhymes. Whatever. It all it's rhymes. It's a great song. It's not a great song. <laughs> like, yes, eventually they realize, like, oh, it was you who I was looking for all along. But maybe if you would have communicated, opened your mouth, and, like, told your significant other, I, like... Getting caught in the rain or whatever. So we are going to do a poll, of course. And yes, we are we going are. to find out if you like this song or you don't like this song. 
Uh, now it is a 70s song, so you have to put that aside for a second. But yes, I know. Like, eh, there's some oogie factor in there, but um, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll put that aside and just based on the con- the the words of the song, the concept, the yes. concept of the song. Do you like it? Is it romantic or is it not? If you like pina coladas. As an added bonus this episode, here's Amanda Rainer talking about how her mother's friend dated the Christian singer Carmen back in the day. So you just told me something uh, that I, I is unbelievable to me. <laughs> so yeah, off mic we were talking about uh, concerts and yes. how we were raised and things like that. And of course we've talked about Carmen on this show before. <laughs> yes. Um, and how... <laughs> We love the champion. Our, the champion. Yes. Well, and that's just the one. Like, there's like a, there's a lot million of other that, ones. That is the only one I know. Oh. <laughs> we're Until gonna... recently, having to listen to a podcast Angie listens to. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna have to go on a deep dive oh of Carmen uh, and get you exposed <laughs> to all of that. But speaking of that, Amanda was telling us <laughs> yes her connection. So growing up, we went to we went to the small church, Southern Baptist Church, and my mom had a friend. And she's like, oh, yeah, I went to college with Carmen and I dated him for a while. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. So that's my connection to Carmen. My mom's friend dated him in college. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, Did basically, she... we're, we're brother and sister. Obviously, I mean. <laughs> yes. Did she like him? Was he a nice guy? I guess so. I don't he know. seems like did, he, like did she ever tell stories uh, of No, I was in like their fourth or fifth grade oh, okay. when this was going on. So. I remember that story, but I don't remember any specifics mm. about it. It seems to me like he might be a jerk face, but I don't know. Yeah, he might he be could really be. nice. I don't yeah. know, but it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, she told us that, and I was like, that's amazing. Uh, no one else in the world would care about that, right. but like us. Yes. But it's awesome. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're also on Instagram at goneboss2k, or you can find us on Facebook just by searching for Gone Boss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to see who has Gone Gone Boss. Boss.